Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Once again, we're here to talk about your favourite records and bands. Leon's with me. How are you? I'm fine, mate. You? Yeah, I'm good. We've. Um, I feel like I've sent you an awful lot of stuff to listen to in the last few weeks, and I'm a little bit worried that you're just going to say it was all shit. <laughs> but we will get to it in time. Yeah. How has it been your first sort of official month as a host of the Records and Bands podcast? Somebody has sent me a shitload of stuff to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because um, they've also given me um, access to Apple Music, which has made it infinitely more simple. So um, go to work, put headphones on. Right, what did Rob want to listen to? <laughs> Click, switch that on. Oh, no, this is that. Switch that on. <laughs> yeah. I will say that um, I've found from doing the podcast, I've listened to an awful lot more music now mm. than I have. Like I've always listened to lots of music, but I kind of it kind of drifted off a bit, and I was getting more into podcasts. And now, yeah. certainly, my days at work are now like podcasts in the morning and music in the afternoon. But then I'm quite fortunate that I get to listen to whatever I want in my headphones all day because I'm outside. As long as I'm not bothering people, then I can do what I want. You know, so yeah. Um, it's a big week for birthdays, isn't it? I would like to wish a very happy birthday to your mate, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. Indeed. Isn't His he? birthday this week. And we can't really do a podcast with you and not mention Maiden, but that's probably going to be the only Maiden, pod, uh, Maiden mentioned today. So happy birthday, Steve Harris. I literally said to myself, listen, don't talk about Maiden tonight because there's a lot more to talk about than Maiden. We've got so much to get into that I thought, no, no, no Maiden. And then you go and shaft it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> It's also, just to get the little dinger out, as usual, I'm going to have to get a sound effect button. It's also this week, Jeff A. Ment from Pearl Jam. It's his birthday as well, so happy birthday to Jeff A. Ment. So that's a Pearl Jam mention and an Iron Maiden mention. But something I've wanted to get into a little bit more detail, I also want to wish happy birthday to Gaz Coombs Supergrass. Yes. And when I saw this, it actually, I'd put In It For The Money On, which I think is my favourite album of theirs. And I text you straight away to say, oh, I haven't listened to this for ages. But that was definitely a, like a band that we sort of shared. Yeah. You were definitely into them a little bit more than I was, and certainly before I was. I remember yeah. you had I Should Coco. Yeah, definitely. That that never left my player at one point. That was superb. So yeah, I was just, yeah, Memories of Supergrass. They, they're, like, they're one of those 90s bands that are just quintessentially 90s, aren't they? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And we went to see them at Leeds. Well, we didn't We didn't go specifically to see Did them. Did we see we... them at Leeds? This is what I was trying yeah. to think, because I was thinking, I've definitely seen them a couple of times. Yeah, I definitely. I saw them at V, and then I was sure I had seen them with you, but I couldn't work out where. Yeah, And Leeds. it was Leeds. It was, yeah. Because I, I remember thinking, out of all the people that were there, I really wanted to see Fun Loving Criminals, and I really wanted to see Supergrass. And Supergrass were amazing. They really, really were good. If we go back, I wasn't overly keen on Aisha Coco. Um, well, the, the big one was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. And I felt that kind of bordered on novelty a little bit. And that's not, I don't think that was the band's fault. I think that was more like the media coverage around them because they had the sideburns and they were riding around on chopper bikes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, and then In It For The Money actually felt like it had proper songs on it. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. So. But did, did we try and do something in the band with one of them, Richard the Third or something? 
Mm. Or was that was it just something that you were knocking about on a guitar with when? No, I can't am, remember. Am I imagining that? But I so I anyway I saw him at V V ninety nine with my dad of all people and like right. dad absolutely loved him before they're brilliant like and then yeah I was trying to think I definitely had seen him again but if you say it's at Leeds which was what two thousand and we keep having this conversation as well yeah yeah two thousand and two two thousand one I'm sure it was two thousand one. I'm certain it was 2001. Yeah, you're probably right. Sorry, but, um, I... Fun Loving Criminals played as well, didn't they? They did. They were brilliant. And Do you the... remember um, the dude um, was, uh, he was like playing the piano and then he'd just pick a trumpet off the top of the piano oh. and have a play of that? I've never seen anybody like it. I, you know, I've, I've seen quite a few bands live and the guy was just there playing like piano and then he'd have like a Hammond organ and then all of a sudden out would come this French horn. He's like, yeah. My God, this guy and he had like um, different percussive sets and he had his feet moving, his hands moving, everything was going on. And he, he just, I just remember standing and thinking, if it wasn't for him, there'd be not much going on on that stage in fairness. Well, to be fair to Huey, he did do like one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a stage. He was playing along and then he flicked the plectrum up in the air, caught it, flicked a wink to the crowd and then went on playing. Like, I thought, <laughs> oh yeah, fair play to you. Like, that, that's just cool. Like, He's a cool guy. Well, first of all, I think we just need to say we started off there wishing Gaz Coombs from Supergrass a happy birthday and ended up talking about how cool Huey is. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but, like, yeah, okay, so um, moving on to Supergrass. They, they they were great to watch. I loved watching them. Um, yeah, yeah, they were really good live act. But they, yeah, proper 90s band, aren't they? Which yeah. was the album? Um, was it Pumping on the Stereo? Yeah, that was... Um, that might have just uh, been called Supergrass, actually. I don't think it was. Was uh, it the one with the skeleton? They were like skeleton hologrammy X-ray type it. things. That's it. Yeah, I think that was just called Supergrass. Was it? I think so. So yeah, that had um, pumping on stereo on it, didn't it? Yeah, that was the big I, one. I, like I sort of went off um, with that one. Yeah, I did. I bought Life on Other Planets, um, and the big hit from that was I didn't Road get Rogue One. That's the next one. That's the next album. I didn't right, get that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that was as far as I got. Best song on In It For The Money, I think, is, well, late in the day, is great. And yeah. um, you've got Sun Hits The Sky, Richard III. There's a whole load of great stuff on there, in, in fairness. Yeah, I just wanted right. to mention it, because I, I remember them being, a, like, they were quite a big band for us at the time. We, we I remember when when we were knocking about in the car, they'd usually go on at some point. Yeah, I, I just remember when we, when we did go and see them at Leeds, I was really pleased that they played... Um, some of the stuff from Oshikoko because mm-hmm. I really liked Oshikoko. I thought it was a, a really sort of yeah. So you had All Right and Caught by the Fuzz, yeah. And was I'd that... like to know. I'd, I'd like, like to, know. to know. Yeah, Man Size Rooster. Man Size Rooster. Yeah, yeah. Rooster. Strange like ones. Strange ones. I always remember. Oh, um, there's the a place player. where the strange ones go, and yeah. everyone seems to know. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Um, so there's a few other records I sent you, which have all got notable birthdays this week. So this week we celebrate, if that is the right word, looking at yeah. your face, 30 years of the first Body Count album. Yeah. And I sent that for you to, to listen to. And from the look on your face, well, actually, to be fair, from the text message conversation we had afterwards, you didn't enjoy that, did you? No. I think. Had I you saw... not heard it before? No, I, I avoided all of that because I kind of, in my naivety, lumped all that in with like deftones and all that i thought it's all sort of same sort of shame right. over music that i really don't want to listen to it's not where yeah. i am 
Um, and then probably went and listened to people like Slayer, who was just like um, shouting over music. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I'd never heard it before. I did give it the benefit of the date and listen to the whole album. And I would love to see the tally for the amount of times they say body counts. It'll be as it'll be the same as the number of fucks in Pulp Fiction <laughs> or Casino. <laughs> I think if the playtime of that was um, fifty-five minutes, say, it would be a hundred and ten body counts mentioned in the song, <laughs> as well as um, he probably says "suck my dick" probably about twenty-seven or thirty times. Per track. Yeah. How many um, motherfuckers do you reckon? Jeez. <laughs> right. I enjoy it for what it is. I think it's quite... Uh, uh, we had this conversation. We don't need to get into it deep. I think it's quite an important album. I don't, I don't think it's subtle in any way. And I think it scared the shit out of white America. And I think that was its purpose. Mm. I think it's important in the sense that it should never happen again. Let, uh, let, let's just um, reiterate the conversation we had. I put... um. I put the mix is abysmal. The drums aren't even in tune with the tracks. The guitars are okay. The vocals and lyrics are just astonishingly bad. And you then followed up with, I don't even think the drums are in time. <laughs> right. For the record, this is our WhatsApp conversation. So you you sent me, it goes, I might actually put this up on the website just so people can see it. <laughs> Body count, hmm emoji, crying emoji. And I said, I think it's a really important record in the grand scheme of things, you know, coming just after the Rodney King King beatings and just before the LA riots of 92. It's scared white America shitless, and that was probably the point of it. Mm. Um, I said it's not great, but I think it's important. Yeah. And you said, it, my soul hurts. <laughs> You'd love to know how many times he says body count. The drum sound is awful. Musically, it's okay. Lyrically, it's horrific. <laughs> There's a review for the poster. Yeah, I said the drums are only the dr- drums are in time occasionally. <laughs> um, and I said it wasn't time for the master political discourse, but some of the stuff he's talking about is still an issue now. And I think, yeah, I think as an album to revisit, you might not enjoy it, but I think it's definitely an important album from the time. Yeah. It, to be fair, I think without that, I don't think you get the new metal that comes sort of six years later. Well, like Papa Roach and all that type of stuff. And Corn yeah. and yeah. Limp Biscuit. I think it's quite a big influence on that. I mean, Faith No More were kind of heading in that direction a bit, but Faith No More were good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get what I was saying, though, that it wasn't meant to be subtle? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, as you say, it was meant to just scare the shit out of people. Um, I think, well, oh, it Christ. did that because they had to take Cop Killer off of the album in the end, didn't they? Yeah, I, I remember the Ferrari around Cop yeah. Killer at the time because I remember it literally being on MTV one minute and not the next. I think it's a, it's like, um, I've got it here. I did find it on Wikipedia, actually. This is just about the lyrics. Ice-T said, We named the group Body Count because every Sunday night in LA I'd watch the news and the newscasters would tally up the youths killed in gang homicides that week and then just segue to sports. Is that all I am, I thought, a body count? Mm, okay. You know, so, and I don't think, like I say, I don't think it's a great album, but I think it's an important album. So, yeah. And you yeah. hated it and you're never going to listen to it again. Right, from the sublime to the ridiculous, or equally as ridiculous, I'm not really sure how to segue from Body Count to 35 years since the release of U2's Joshua Tree. 
Joshua Tree is the only U2 record I like. Okay. I, I mean, there's a couple of good songs on Acting Baby. I think me, me and Sam have had this uh, conversation before, but I, I really like Joshua Tree. Mm, I don't okay. listen to it very often because it's fucking U2. Like, but but had, had you heard it, like you obviously know, knew the big hits, but had you listened to it as a piece before? Or I've not owned or listened to an entire album of U2 ever at all at any point. See, I was sure you had the one with Elevation and that on it. No. Didn't have it. Um, I definitely had, um, in the days of Napster, I definitely had the big singles from it, but I, I, I didn't, I've never owned it. I can honestly say I've never gone, oh, a new U2 album. I'll sit down and put it on. You uh, obviously cause... didn't have an iPhone in like 2014 or whatever when they just downloaded one automatically onto everyone's phones. No. Um, and my initial response to Joshua Tree is three fantastic singles and a great big steaming pile of filler. Really? You didn't like any of the... Um, so the the first three songs are the big ones. So you've got Where the Streets of mm. No Name. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Is that on it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, With or Without You. With or Without You, yeah. Running to Stand Still, I absolutely love... I think it's a wonderful song. And I actually really like Bono's voice on it, which is a surprise for me to say, because I fucking hate Bono. <laughs> what I struggle with... Is admitting you like a U2 record? That's what I struggle with. <laughs> I I struggle with their whole... Uh, the Edge has obviously got this sound. He's got this tone, which is basically... It's born around a strike of a note and a repetitive... Yeah. response from from electronics so you've already got a repetitive element within the mu- within within the guitar and then that moves into um the latter part of the um the album it's very repetitive really looped almost whereas the first three songs are familiar structures intro verse bridge chorus verse mm-hmm. bridge chorus outro chorus they they are far more sort of like identifiable but then they go on to like there's parts of like some of the later tracks that i don't even know the name of because i switched off right um i was listening to it but i was switching off um they just kind of tend to float away and they're playing stuff and there's like noises going on and it's, it's all rolling around like a sequence that never changes and the only thing that changes is bono's voice yeah. and that's what i didn't like about those latter songs right, there's some i think is it on um red hill it's either red hill mining town or um in god's country you can hit you know um like part of his vocal line you know um suede's wild ones yeah i'd noticed bits of suede yeah yeah well obviously suede came after like but yeah um yeah there was a real sort of you could see where brett anderson had got it from so didn't dislike it you didn't, didn't hate, it. It. Didn't hate I'd, it i'd soon be listening to that for the rest of my life then have to listen to body count again well, of the three, those three records that I sent you, the one which is far and away my favourite is "Let Me Come Over" by Buffalo Tom, which was also released thirty years ago this week, and I love it. And they're one of, for me, they're one of those bands that are just a, they're a proper cheer me up band. Um, yeah, I think if to be fair, if you're just coming into them now, where they're pretty much finished, a best of will probably do. Mm. But. It's not a bad point to start with this Let Me Come Over. Did you like it? I, I listened to the whole album and I would say I listened, I enjoyed it mostly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say I hated it. I wouldn't necessarily say I went, oh, this is amazing. But I messaged you and said, I can understand why you like it because it's basically um, a guy who sounds a bit like Eddie Vedder 
See, I'm going to pull you up on that. But no, carry on. No, because there's two singers in the band. Yeah. Um, the one guy, there's elements of his voice where Eddie Vedder will push a note to the point where he's about to run out of breath, and you can but hear they keep it. Going. But keep going. And yeah, he, the Buffalo, which one of the singers in Buffalo Tom does that an awful lot. And I, I pick up on that a great deal. I can hear that happening a lot in the way he sings. The other guy is very, uh, he's got a much thinner vocal. Yeah, that's Bill. That's Bill Yan- Yanovich. Yeah. Is, yeah. So the one you've got. Chris Colborne, I think the other guy is. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. You, you, you've got the strong strength Vedder style vocal of this guy. Um, and then um, the, the slightly more the conventional, rocky, poppy lyric uh, vocal style so you've you got a really nice contrast between the two there one that's quite sort of gruff can be gruff in places and the other one's pretty much clean throughout i didn't didn't dislike anything on there actually i listened to the whole lot um which one gave you can i just have, um i would have said you got the veda vibes off of taillights fade which is the second track uh first track right in oh staples yeah because yeah, as soon as i started listening to it i, I texted you and said i can tell what you like this i could tell so, you yeah, um i can get certainly get because there was the other band you compared them to was the Lemonheads, so and i can sort of yeah. get that a bit more than i can the eddie vedder thing i don't hear eddie vedder when i listen to buffalo tom although eddie vedder has covered taillights fade yeah you know on like live gigs and stuff um yeah but yeah there's some wicked tracks on the taillights fade is the, probably the big one yeah larry's great minerals great velvet roof is good frozen lake's good but yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, I first got into them in about 95, 96, because um, Stuart and Sharon used to listen to them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because Sharon messaged you on Facebook, didn't she, and said about it. Oh, yeah, she said about it. Had, like, uh, Bill was doing... An, uh, he, so during lockdown, mm. Bill Yanovitz was doing, like, home, from-home sessions. Oh, right, okay. So, like, every Saturday for a few weeks. Ben Folds did something similar as well. I think a lot <laughs> of artists did, didn't they? But it yeah. was it was uh, Bill Yanovitz ones and the Ben Folds ones that I really mm. enjoyed during lockdown. You know, and actually, they kind of helped get you that first lockdown when you didn't know what the fuck was going on and how yeah. long it was going to last for. And where I was working, like, I was still self-employed then, so and all my customers were ancient, so I was kind of, like, not going out even for work. I was, like, in the caravan, and yeah. just like like what what can we do so like i was really looking forward to them but yeah mm. buffalo tom for me i think a, w- a wicked band they're out that boston scene so like the lemon heads and um they're quite i think they're quite pally with like uh the dinosaur junior lot buffalo tom, w- would you listen to them again or not i'd probably um if they come on you wouldn't turn them off I would want to look into more of their stuff. Right. Like... Um, I'd have a go on the um, best of then. It's called A-Side hmm. from Buffalo Tom. Oh, okay. Okay, we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll text you a link afterwards. So. Right. So tell me then, Mr. Bateman, what have you been listening to lately? Now, apart from all the shit I sent you. <laughs> um, I have listened to Nothing's On But Everyone's Watching by some daytime TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you had to go on that, did you? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. All right. Oh, good. I sent that to Sam because um, we've been having a chat about Sam Fender lately. Hmm. So that's kind of like, um, that's that's meant for Sam more than you, really. But I'm glad you glad you listened to it. What did you think of it? I thought it was brilliant. I yeah. thought it was probably, in my opinion, having listened to Sam Fender this week as well. Um, I thought it was better than Sam Fender. It's still got those same sort of Springsteen vibes, which seem to be... Hmm popular at the minute like the um other one that's out at the minute is like gang of youths record 
Yeah, see, now um, I I listened to Gang of Yous and I thought that was... Which one did you listen to that go farther into lightness or the new one? The new one. Right, okay. You, you I, didn't like it? I thought it was um, tiresome. Right, okay. Honestly, I thought it was really boring. I, there was nothing to excite me there at all. However, I think at the time I was going to listen to them and thought, oh, yeah, these guys are great. I listened to them on Radio X. Listened to them and thought, oh, oh, this is really boring. And then right. on Radio X came a, a band called... Um, Nothing but thieves, and I listened right. to them. I thought, ah, this is who okay. I meant to listen to. So nothing but thieves. <laughs> I should make a note of to have a listen to, should I? Oh, mate, nothing but thieves are incredible. They're the best parts of Arctic Monkeys, Royal Blood, Muse. The electronica in there is absolutely astonishing, outstanding. There's parts where there's so much going on. They they are absolute maestros at playing a crescendo. There's points in there we I, I was listening to in the car and I had my volume up a bit, getting get into it, and um, I turned it down because the volume was just getting it's like oh Christ I got down a minute I've got to stop this is um oh it, it, another one of those that takes your breath away and that um what, what was the album I listened to with theirs nothing but thieves moral uh moral panic the complete edition by nothing but thieves. Right. And there's 16 songs on there. Um, one song I would definitely say that you should definitely listen to on Moral Panic is Miracle Baby. Oh, what, a, what a tune that is. There's about seven different synth lines going on there. And his vocal is incredible. He's an absolutely incredible vocalist. It's and... been quite funny lately because, like, obviously we did more on Police, yep. um, which was last week's episode. And... You're saying like this one's got loads of synth lines going on and and that and and especially with more on police where there's an awful lot going on. Yeah, it, all, it? All, it always reminds me when we were half doing the band, if you like. Um, mm. Well, sorry, when you were doing the band and I was hitting a drum occasionally. <laughs> hey, I could maybe I could have played drums for Body Count. I said, what if you had, mate? It would have been a better album. <laughs> <laughs> You always used to come out with um. There was a phrase you used when there was too much going on, and you called it the the uh, Miami Sound Machine effect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that just stuck with me all these years. Whenever I, whenever yeah. I, whenever I hear an album or or a record with too much going on, I'm like, oh, Miami Sound Machine effect. Like, <laughs> but do, do you know what? I think it's the whole. They're really um, good though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I find that I've changed. As I got older. I used to quite like, which is what I like to make. Supergrass was they were they were simple guys three guys three musicians just doing whatever three music three instruments can can do I I always thought that was really really good as I got older the ability to kind of process more came with me being able to be more um, expressive musically myself hmm. so as I became more capable I think I understood more of what people were trying to do so um, which then comes full circle and brings us um, over to Volby, who we listen to, yeah, and they're a completely different kettle of fish to what. Just quickly this is. on what, you, sorry, just quickly <laughs> on what you were saying about like as you got better musically, you could appreciate when there was more going on. For me, it's always been, and Sam said it quite well that like when he heard Green Day, mm. he's like, "Oh, I could do that. Probably not quite as well, but I could probably do something like that." Yes, but. He's not going to be. He's not going to be able to. He's not going to listen to Rush and go. Oh, I can do that. So mm. it's like almost the accessibility. And I've noticed if I, as I've got older, whereas before, like when we were knocking about, it would have been like 
you know, how how fast is the guitar solo? How many notes does he hear? Like, you know, mm-hmm. has he got the double kick drums going and, you know, about speed yeah. and virtuosity? And now I just like good, well-written songs. Yeah. Not saying that none of them weren't, but like my focus is shifted. Yeah. And I think I've kind of, I've not hit that yet because we discussed very quickly my views on the new Maiden album. I don't think I'm ready for Maiden to be that stripped back yet. Right, okay. I still want them to be creative. I still want them to... And, and I think I'm now feeding into creativity. I, I want to hear more. Um, and that's shown because I've instantly gone into more on police and gone, oh, I don't fully understand everything, but there's so much going on that I'm really going to give it some time and listen to it. So I've really put in the effort to listen to what they're trying to produce and listen to everything that's going on and pick up on as much as possible. And I instantly started doing that with um, Nothing But Thieves because as soon as they started and you really get into it, I mean, the, the first song starts with basically a ripped off Royal Blood riff. And I thought, oh, great start. This is really good. And then there's just stuff just goes on and you think, wow, this is this is way more creative than I expected it to be because I'd heard a few singles on um, Radio X and we'd spoke about it in the band. I thought, oh, I'll give them a listen. Now that I've got something, you know, Apple Music I can listen to. So, uh, yeah, definitely recommend them, without a doubt. Cool. Without a doubt. Very current as well, which is good. Not like us. No, I don't know well, what's going on Certainly not like me. I suppose you, you, I suppose because you, the band you're in, you need to be have a bit of an idea of what's going on because you want to be adapting your set all the time, don't you? Yeah, to a degree, I would say that's definitely true, yeah. You sent me Volbeat. I mean... They were an accident. Right. I didn't know what I was listening to. You like your uh, Scandinavians. Do you know what? That's the first thing I thought when I looked into it. I thought, oh, Wikipedia, these guys. Oh, another Scandinavian band. Did you find the um, bit of trivia that our um, go-to metalhead gave me? No. So Mike, who's the drummer in Alvin and the Angry Barrels, I text, he, he's big into all the, what we call the goth shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you like that. Um, I I te- I text him just to see get his opinion on them, which he gave me, which is great. But apparently, one of their guitarists used to be an Anthrax. Really? Ooh, how interesting. According to Mike, and he's a teacher. He's molding our future leaders, so he should know. Um, I did look at the guys who were in the band. I didn't recognise any of them. Oh, but... I couldn't tell you any of the names of anyone from Anthrax, so I won't worry. Like, can't tell you any of the names from um from Volbeat. So you, at, I said to you, oh, which because was, I, I thought they were a new band. Mm, no way, they're not. <laughs> I was like, oh, what shall I listen to? I, I looked and there was like loads. I was like, what shall I listen to? And you said the first one, and I yeah. couldn't get through the first song. Really? At all? I was just like, this is really doing. It really done my head in, like. And then I thought, <clears> I will tell you what, I'll give it another chance. And I listened to. I don't know if it's the latest one. I listened to Rewind, Replay, Rebound from 2019. Yeah, that's not... I don't think that is their most recent, no. No, but that's got Um, Last Day Under the Sun, Pelvis on Fire, um, and Die to Live, which has got the guy from Clutch in it. Oh, okay. That was... I thought that was a good record, actually, to be fair to it. They're on the Blacklist as well, you know, that Metallica Black Album album that they did? Yeah, I can't remember what... Don't Tread on Me? So, uh, I don't know. The thing I like about them is, right, <laughs> no, no, they, they've got the same melodies pretty much running throughout an entire album. But they're really catchy melodies. Right, you just sort of... like, but you've just slagged you two off for that. Yeah, I know, but it's not, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's not, 
it's not repetitive. If you see what I mean, yeah, you no, two I do. You know, kind I of just... go over the same formulation for like for like the entire song. It'd be three, but these these songs by Volbeat are beginning, middle, and end, and they're heavily influenced. You can hear bits of Metallica in them. There's definitely some Maiden. There's one that song that, that literally starts like uh, Phantom of the Opera. It's exactly the same, except for they had a few little twiddles in between, like the uh, the four and the eight on on the bars. Um, just to make it different enough. Yeah, just just enough to be different. But so it, have you it's... seen them, or have you? Or... No, 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 never heard no. of them. How, how uh, did you come across yeah. them then? Were you just Googling more random Scandinavian rock bands? or I was listening to Ghost. Right, okay. Which is another band I've been listening to. Uh, so I listened to Ghost, and I thought, oh, God, um, I've done all the Ghost. I've, got, I've run out of stuff now. I'll just click on Apple Music. Um metal mix and just run through metal mix oh so it's only been this week like this last couple the week or so then literally this week and they haven't they've literally taken up probably the majority of my playtime at the moment so it's kind of like a new uh, a new find for you then that you're going to run with for a bit and yeah yeah, yeah. it takes you cool absolutely yeah yeah so i mean ghosts ghosts put me onto them i listened to them amongst a monomath uh who other ones did i listen to avenge sevenfold Five Finger Death Punch, all on this metal compilation that was on Apple. And then between all the... Yeah, Mike's goth shit. Yeah. Wait a minute, my girl. Wait a minute, my lover. It's like, what the hell? This Where's is that come from? Like, yeah. yeah. So I just quickly clicked on it and it said Volbeat. I thought, oh, right, okay. There's their album. Click on that. And I would say out of that entire album, which is called Servant of the Mind, every single one's a banger. Every single one is a banger, right from the minute it starts. Oh, that's uh, the newest one, isn't it, Servant yeah. of the Mind? Yeah. Yeah, because that was one that, wait a minute, my girl was on, so I followed it. I reckon, see, so for me, it's it's, it's about a million miles from the stuff I listen to nowadays. Yeah. But had they been, like, the support band when we went to see Iron Maiden, Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I would have enjoyed them. Yeah. Because I certainly enjoyed Halloween. Yeah, yeah, don't you know, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't be dis- if they were a support band, I wouldn't be disappointed. It's something like a bob my head too. It's mm. it's pleasant enough, but like that, honestly, I can get through that. The first song on that very first album mm. was just like, oh my god, his voice just did my head in. And he- see, I really like the fact that when he's singing, there's parts on their wiki they are they outline their influences and the influences there's like 40 of them and they try and incorporate bits of everything into all their stuff so in the middle of one track he'll be singing all of a sudden he'll just go <laughs> like elvis and it's like yeah. why are you singing elvis there and then all of a sudden i did read there's a big like rockabilly influence in there oh, there's some major rockabilly songs going on in there there's one song beginning to end it's all full on rockabilly it's like that's great i really like it but he he finishes notes on ends of phrases like all the different singers and all the different bands that he likes so one minute he'll sound like elvis at the end of a line then he'll sound like james hetfield and then he'll do like a high pitch sort of vibrato that sounds a bit like Cher. it's just the whole range of different things going on vocally that i really like but the real drawback to the music is his vocal always sits in that upper octave yeah he rarely drops to a lower octave which is a shame, but I can imagine his live shows would just be like, mate, 
stop, have a drink, take a pee, take a breath, carry yeah. on. Because it must be full on, full tilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, it, but that's what drew me to the albums when I started listening to it. I listened to all of them in the space of this week and thought, yeah, they're, they're class act. And there's some great songs. Black Rose is brilliant. Wait a Minute My Girl is brilliant. Um, just, yeah, not my usual sort of stuff, but it's, I really enjoyed it, it. Yeah, does it feel like as they've gone on, they've got not poppier, but a bit catchier and they've like developed their hooks a bit and yeah. worked out what a chorus is maybe? Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely true because the reason I told you to listen to the first one was they had songs of pretty much every single one of their influences. Mm-hmm. And um, he, there's slower ones, there's faster ones. Whereas that latter album, um, it was just full tilt, nonstop, full tilt, rock, rock, rock. And it goes, it goes from Pantera style riffs right down to ZZ Top, right down to Primus in places. It's it's really, really varied. Um, but the variety in music is not mirrored by the variety in vocal, which is a bit of a shame. But I don't dislike his voice, so I'm all right with that. Cool. And there's like, I think there's like eight albums for you to explore anyway, isn't there? To, yeah, yeah. Like and to spend time with now, like, so. Yeah, Apple's got some live stuff as well, so um, oh, cool. vid- live videos, so. Um, the other one was Ghost. And yeah. again, I hadn't heard anything of them before. I think Justin Hawkins had them on a video on his YouTube channel, but I didn't watch that one. Yeah. So I don't know how Justin Hawkins feels about them. You said you saw them. I did. I did, yeah. But at Nebworth, walking around at Nebworth, there were all these people. And I don't mean like one or two. Probably a good couple of hundred walking around. Black ceremonial, like, um, Archdeacon of Canterbury-type garb with green alien-type faces. And I just, every time I walk past one, I say, what the fuck's that all about? What's going on? Like, not yeah. seen, I've not seen the like. <laughs> so uh, we were wandering about, and they all, at one point, seemed to be flowing over towards this one stage. I thought, oh, they're all over there. Let's go and have a look. We stood and we waited, and everyone was talking to people next to us and everything else, and um, we just waited, me and Sean, just looking for something amazing to happen. And I... I they literally up on the thing came this banner and it said ghost with uh, some strange symbol on it. And I said to my, I turned to my mate, Sean, and I said, do you know what, Sean, this has got the capacity to be either entirely shockingly shit or it could be really good. I said, I'm hoping it's going to be really good, but we'll, let's wait and see. So in any case, it starts off and it just, there's nothing, nothing at all. And just stood there waiting. Nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, it just goes, Belial, Behemoth, Beelzebub, in layered choral vocal. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, t- I tend to surely say, oh, good harmonies, lovely choral start. And then it goes, Asmodeus, Santanas, Lucifer. And then the drums kick in. I thought, I've got to record it. So I picked my phone up and I recorded it as soon as it started because these people came out on stage and I recorded it. And when I got back home, I listened to it. And it was so fucking loud that my speaker was just going... <laughs> I didn't watch them. That song was called uh, Year One. Right. And it's written by a ghoul writer and Indio Marcato. And their stage presence is amazing because the guy, 
Papa Emeritus, um, the second, I believe he was then. Um, he's now Papa Emeritus the fourth or fifth. Um, he changes his ceremonial garb and his face mask for each album. Right. So he becomes a newborn leader. Um, and it's very religious subtext in, in the stage sets. Uh, and they were just incredible live. I thought they were amazing live. And actually, I've listened to their albums, and the albums were not as inspiring as they were live. Right, so okay. I found a live album of theirs, and it's amazing. Oh, good. So they're better live, I think, than they are studio. But that said, their three songs I've heard off their new album are really good. So I think they've they've got they've got scope to be a good al- a good album studio team. So the first song that was on so the new album's got three tracks yep. available to listen to. The, the the album comes out next week and I think we'll probably have spend some time with it and we'll come back to it next time you're on. Yep. If that's all right. That's cool. Um, but the three tracks that were on already that were available so the the first one what was it called call me little sunshine call me little sunshine yeah that just sounded like metallica yeah they sounded like one I, <laughs> I was waiting for the double kicks to come in and they never did they've actually they're, they're on that 25th anniversary with metallica they've got a, oh, right, okay. a recording so they they've been they are big metallica nuts so again like like with volby if they were a support band for a band i wanted to see i wouldn't be upset it would i wouldn't be chucking the bottle of piss at them or anything but mm, yeah. um i'm glad you you um i asked mike uh, again um i asked for mike's opinion and he said that uh they're mainly a straight rock band with some fantasy and prog elements to them mm. vocalist gone through several iterations of his character yeah he said they become one of those bands where a lot of people like them and it's difficult to tell if they like them because they actually like them or like them to be cool on the fringe <laughs> of mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Like, for a while, it was considered cool to like Slipknot because they were getting some mainstream press and people wanted mm. to seem edgy. Mm. Yeah, I think that could well be the case with Ghost. Um, they just kind of... But I, I, as I say, I've listened to all their albums and there's nothing I would say that makes me go god that's incredible yeah when i saw them live i did go oh god that's yeah so incredible. they put on a good show yeah and that's after battle one i think isn't yeah. it yeah and i think that the whole thing he does a, a um queens of stone age with the band um because he gets musicians in and there's actually been a bit of a lawsuit thing go against the lead singer um because he hires musicians tours with them gives them no writing credits because the people who actually write the songs are called nameless schools. Right. Yeah. So they get no writing credits and then he goes off and changes the band lineup, records a new album, does the same thing again. There's a lot to be said for the formula of write with a set of guys, change a set of guys, write with a set of guys, change a set of guys. Cause you do keep things really fresh and different, but when you've got the main guy kind of still dictating a particular style, those guys have got to come in and still write within that style. Whereas with Queens of Stone Age, I think it was like every album was different because everybody brought something to the table. Yeah, um, and Mark Lanigan at, at times was a contributor to Queens of the Stone Age, and at times was like a, which was like a full band member. Mm, yeah, you know, talked with them, and you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, 
we lost Mark Lanigan last week. We so did. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. I've been listening to Bubblegum quite a lot. And I've been listening to Dust by the Screaming Trees, which I think is a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. And I I did I paid my tribute to Mark Lanigan last week. I put a little bonus episode out just to yeah, I did see. Cry, cry down a microphone about it. But um, I did need cheering up after um, Mark Lanigan passed away. So I was listening last week, to, or this week, I've been listening to Tankus the Henge. Mm. Tankus the Henge are this band that we saw at Rhythm Tree Festival on the Isle of Wight in about 20, 2013, it would have been. Okay. Um, so that's like the first year we had moved back to the Isle of Wight. So Rhythm Tree was this like little world music and... Well, they build it as a world music festival, but you'd have like the smaller bands would play, like lots of unsigned bands and like local touring bands, if you like. Mm. Um, and Tankers the Henge were one of them. And they actually played two sets on the same day. They played at like four o'clock in the afternoon um, on the main stage. And then they headlined the tent later on in the evening. Oh, um, right. So we saw them twice in the same day. And they were like, I call them like a carnival steampunk. Yeah. And I part think of that comes because. Um, like he's got a, a piano, it's got a smoke machine built into it. So he hits a key, hits a certain key on his piano, and it just starts billowing smoke and steam everywhere. And, nice. he went, and like I haven't seen him for a while. They've done two albums since this one I mm. sent to you. Um, and for a while, they were Isaac's favorite band. Oh, right, and okay. we, but you used to like you go to Rhythm Tree. We went back four years running. They played every year. You bump into them watching other bands they'll stand around and have a chat with you and my mm. little boy would go oh you're my favorite band and they, they, they'd make the time to you yeah, know just do but, um, they did have a bit of radio play with the second track on their first album which is smiling makes the day go quicker oh okay but going back a little while mm. um but i just think it's a they're a really good band like for me it's it, like I, I needed something to cheer me up and it's all those happy memories of summer days on the other way like a proper family festival and like yeah, I just loved it. Um, so this is so this is a, this is their first album. They've done two other albums. Um, uh, the big hits, if you like, or the, certainly the so, songs that would have been. I think they had some six music airplay at one point. So smiling, day, smiling makes a day go quicker. Cakewalk and recurring dream is a great song. Mm. Um, but my favourite is track ten, the Deviationist Society. Oh, right, okay. So. I will but, give them another listen because there's another two albums, as you say, to go over. Yeah, I, I haven't heard either of those. Those have both come out. I think I've heard go. a couple of songs off of the second one. Is it that one? Yeah, Weather I've heard. And You Can you can Do Anything was like a live favourite. They, they used to finish with that all the time. And then obviously it's come out on a later album now. Yeah. So, yeah, so if people, people want to check out a band which, you know you want to be cool and a band that no one's ever heard of Tankus the hinge one of the reasons i asked you on this time is yep. because not this week but next is 25 years since ben folds five released whatever and ever are men and yep. there's no way sam would listen to ben folds and talk, <laughs> talk about ben folds with me because he don't know what he's on about okay you know so uh, we were chatting i said oh maybe me me and you can do something for ben folds and you said oh what shall i listen to and i actually sent you a later album to listen to and then (laughs) realized that this 25th anniversary was just around the corner so i've ended up making you a ben folds 12 a ben folds 12 playlist which it's not necessarily my favorite ones it's almost like a this is a bit of a 
an entry level Ben Fold playlist, maybe. Okay. First of all, right, we I did send you a later album which came from like their reunion. Time for a bit of alive back- for the mind. Yeah, so for a bit of background. So they started in like ninety five was the first album. That's the one that me and Sam spoke about mm-hmm. and that Sam didn't like. Yeah. Um, that's a self titled debut album, Ben Folks Five. And then ninety seven was uh, whatever and ever are men and that mm-hmm. had like the the big hits on it so we've been like brick and the battle of who could care less yep and song for the dumped and then they did the unauthorized biography of reinhold messner and the big one off that would have been army would okay you, would you would you know army well i thought about the army and dad said son you're fucking high yeah, don't know that one. If you'd have said to me, give me my money back, you bitch. I'd you know that, that one, one. yeah. <laughs> but see, this is the thing, though, because I, I definitely had this album when we were kids. Like, so that's probably, you probably heard it in the car with me. Yeah, I, I definitely heard it from um, there all. Um, um, and then, but then anyway, so um, Reinhold Messner was the last album for the, for the five, all three of them. Mm-hmm. And then um, he went solo for a bit and yep. he did four albums solo before they got back together yeah to do the sound of the life of the mind which is one i asked you to listen to originally and then he's gone off solo again and done so there which he did with like a orchestral group called y music oh okay um and it's described as eight chamber rock songs well, interesting. And then, and then he's also done a concerto for piano and orchestra with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. So that's also on that album. Right, okay. Interesting. And then, and then I made you a playlist of stuff to listen to. Just so you know, I think he's the greatest songwriter of my lifetime. I think he's amazing. I think, yep. if, if, I think if he's not, if he's not my favourite recording artist of all time, he's in the top one. Right. Okay. Like, <laughs> I think he's amazing. I think he's a genius. I think I'm not saying every song he's written is as good as he, I think he has some stuff which isn't as good as other stuff. Yeah. But okay. if I could only listen to one person's output forever, you know, you, if you could only listen to one artist from now until the end of time, I'd take Ben Folds. Right. Okay. So that's fair, fair shape. That's yeah. your, that's your thing. That's so. My, I'm all defensive now. I'm worrying that I'm going to kick you off the podcast before you even go on. So the pot, the um, Ben Falls Twelve playlist I made. I've I've gone with Annie Waits off of the. Have you got thoughts on all of these? Some of them stood out more than others. Right. Okay. So so Annie Waits is off of the um, Rock in the Suburbs first solo album. Liked it. Yeah, I think it's every single song that you've sent me in this playlist is listenable for one reason or another, okay? Anyways, is good. Capable of anything is good. Jesus Land, I really enjoyed. I thought Jesus Land was one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Not the same? Uh, not the same. That's the second track on the play this that I said. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to think how it goes. Because I've given them probably six. You took a drink and climbed a tree. It rubbered sledge. And then the backing vocals are the, ah. You were not the same That's after it. that. So what? Yeah. What I will say, just we're jumping about, but Annie waits when I saw him live. Yeah. So it, it, the piano is down, 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 and then the crowd. Yeah. Ah. Cool. Yeah, okay. Clap. But he also stomps. Oh. Okay. 
while he's playing piano and it feels like his foot's going through the stage he does it that like i can you know how when you go and watch a, a metal band and you can feel the bass drum binding in yeah, your yeah. heart i get that from ben fold stomping his foot while playing the piano. okay got yeah yeah like yeah yeah no i Sorry. appreciate that i, I it, it's all do you like jesus sand though i thought that was really good i can't think why um but the problem with it's I, I tell you what i think it is i think it's it so it's take a walk out the gate you go and you never stop mm. and the song does the same mm. it's put, always carrying you along on the journey that the protagonist is taking in the lyrics as well yeah see now you want to know what comes next no 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 not at all they're no, lyrically. Uh, no, no, I think no, I think that's why it's oh, yeah, good. I that's think that's. You mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. So, so lyrically, because out the gate you go and never stop. Past all the uh, past coffee stores and wig shops. Yeah, that's it. Well, what's he going to walk past yeah, next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he describes the fact as he's leaving the city that the buildings get smaller. Uh, yeah. that, I thought that was really sort of quite evocative. I think my difficulty with listening to these is I, and this this is this is what I think. You said to me, your line was, I can't understand why he's not the biggest musician on the planet. And I think I know why that is. It's because there's no hook. Sorry, what? There's no hook. Okay. And in writing terms, it's, uh, am I just paranoid? Am I just stand? Hook. Am I just repeated? Hook. Da, 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 da. Hook. Okay? The choruses of all the songs are not hooked. What is hooked is there's a tie line into a lot of verses, like Annie Waits. Mm-hmm. Annie Waits is in, like, the verse, not a chorus. There's not a chorus. That's Head not a bad thing. the hill. Yeah, That's but... That's chorus. But... The, the difficulty with a, a, um, writing a chorus, a catchy chorus, a hooky chorus, is it has to be something that sounds the same, okay? Or traditionally, is up the junction catchy? Does is does up the junction by Squeeze? Is that is does that have a hook? The hook is the melody because it never changes. But it doesn't have a chorus. It ah, yeah, but I'm not saying I'm saying hook. There's no hook. Right. Okay. What happens with a lot of these songs, and this is why I struggle. When you say, what about this one? I struggle because there's nothing for my brain to tag onto. As soon as you say a few lyrics, my brain can go, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. With Run to the Hills, it's repeated three or four times in the song. Same melody, same catch, same thing. It's, you know, once that song's finished, three and a half minutes of it, you know that melody pretty much heart for heart. Even though Ben Folds 5 plays the verse over the same chord arrangement, the bridge, chorus, whatever, he decides to write in the song over the same arrangement, the arrangement never stays the same. Right. Not That's not a terrible thing at all. That just shows really clever songwriting the ability to make that same phrase fit over different pieces of music. Okay. But what that does is it disconnects the listener with the hook. And my initial response to the music was, Oh, really great piano playing, incredible bass playing, but there's nothing to tie you down 
to a palpable sense of familiarity. Okay. So that's records and bands. Thank you very much. <laughs> however, right. However, there are times when that isn't the case. Jesus Land, I like because it has got that. It's got that vocal phrase that's the same every time with very little changing musically underneath it. So you've kind of got something you can tie your brain into. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the other one that I really like, which isn't on here is, um, do it anyway. Yes. Because that's got a hook. Right. Did you like the video? I didn't watch the video. Oh, I didn't watch the video. I oh mate, it's got it. fucking fraggles on it. I can't watch it when I'm at work. It's got fraggles <laughs> on it. I'm using the guillotine that cuts uh... things. <laughs> But, so, like something like um, "You Don't Know Me," which was on the playlist, the one the the uh, duet with Regina Spector. So, to yes. me, like the the piano is really hook, hooky. It's dum bum da 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 bum bum ba yeah. da 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 bum right. And again, and another yeah, one I like because that yeah, you don't know me at all. Um, and again, live live it was amazing because like the crowd were doing the like the Regina Spector bit of it, oh, and it was just okay. and it was bang on and it was just like one of those spiritual experiences like mm. where everyone knows what they're doing and like like on not the same the backing vocals in in that he gets like right you guys at the back you, you're going to do this he gets oh and then like you the women over here go oh and then the women over here go oh you know and he gets everyone to do different mm. bits and then it all comes together mm. i think he's fucking genius like but um sorry back to you don't know me it's like um there's lyrics in there like she says um Damned by the existential moment when we saw the couple in the coma, but it was we that were the cliche. Mm. And that's in a pop song, right? And he managed to get that to scan. And it's, I think he's... Um, you must have liked the bass on Uncle Walter, did you? I like the bass too, eh? Yeah, I'll I, th I think the bass player is... Why he isn't the most recognisable bass player on the planet, I've got no idea, because some of his bass lines were astonishing. So on, um, on that, um, so Robert Sledge played bass on he was a bass player for the for the five okay so when you go on to the solo stuff mm -hmm. um it's either ben folds is playing the bass or it's some someone else whose name escapes me so right. uh you've got so robert stage is playing bass on um uncle walter uh the sound of the life of the mind don't change your plans missing the war evaporated so on maybe half of the songs I sent you, it's that guy playing bass. See, on the first, um, not the first album, sorry, the um, uh, whatever and ever, amen. Mm -hmm. The bass lines on those are, are just incredible. Yeah. I was sat listening to those primarily, and um, because of that, I didn't really listen to anything else vocally off it. I didn't, vocals, guitars, nothing, because the bass would be like... And he was, he's doing. And sometimes he'll stop for four measures and then he'll come yeah. back in and play something really cool. Like, yeah, but he'll do sort of stuff like we will go right up into onto the uh, above the 12th fret on like the G string and just kind of do like a. And, yeah. and then it's like, oh, of course. And then all of a sudden he'll be down again doing something um, on the route and he'll walk up and you think, oh, he's coming back down to the route. And then he won't, he'll just stay there for a bit in the mid-range you think oh what are you staying in the mid-range for you've lost the drive but then you'll just do like a little descent from slightly higher back to there again you think oh so you're staying in the middle again oh that's interesting 
that's not what I would do. <laughs> um, but See, the, I, I love the bass tone on on Uncle Walter. The bass tone on there, that fuzziness on there, that's really yeah. cool. I think like, he's a he's a big fan of fuzz tone. Yeah, um, oh yeah, definitely. There's some great. But I think fuzz. when when you're piano, bass, and drums, you need something like that. I think. Yeah, uh, you know, because it is quite it is stripped back, isn't it? It's for as as much as the piano's doing, mm. it's still a piano. It is, yeah. You, you, know. you can put it through, uh, you know, uh, and I've, and like the sound, the, the 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 size of the sound he gets on some stuff where it's literally him, it's piano, bass, and drums and backing vocals, and like mm. the arrangements and stuff he gets just to get that huge sound going. I think he's fantastic. Like uh, this, this is what I'm not saying, right? That this guy can't write a song. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying, I think I said to you in a, in a previous text, you you said something like, but it was before I really had a chance to listen to it in, in any great detail. You said to me something like, um, "I can't understand why he's not the biggest man on the planet." Mm-hmm. Okay, and I sent you a message back saying, "I just think he's too clever. Mm. I think the music's too clever." Someone said to me on Twitter earlier that they, um, it's almost like it's too easy for him. Mm. Like music is just too easy for him because he's so fucking good at it. Like so, yeah. I I I just shit this out sort of thing. But I, yeah, I and don't like, think think you or Sam know what you're talking about. To be <laughs> yeah, but listen, listen. This is no, the I thing. Know, I know. I this is the thing. I'm not dissing the guy for for writing incredibly complex arrangements, and they are arrangements. They're they're as close to prog, um, rock as prog rock is. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of prog influence within it um it tends to go and he he does sing the same lines but over completely different caudal arrangements which i think for the average user disconnects right because the average user wants your heart then you're cold you blah, da, da, and yeah. that's what they want the average user just wants to listen to somebody so what you're saying is is that i have an above average musical ear i would say so i'll take that I would say so. For me, like, uh, again, I think there's, without actually just getting on hands and knees and sucking him off, <laughs> like, I, uh, I I think he's wonderful. I think there's a, there's a, there's an honesty in his lyrics. Yep. And whether he knows, I'm sure he knows exactly what he's doing, which can be which can take away a little bit i suppose but it doesn't for me mm. but it, whatever emotion i want to feel there, there's a ben fold song for it mm. okay like, yeah ben folds can make me cry with laughter cry with sadness and grief and laugh my ass off in one song mm. and yeah. sometimes it's just a phrase it's just a it's just the way he delivers a lyric yeah. So there's in Eddie Walker, um, which I did put on the playlist for you. Yeah. There's a do. line. It's um, it's, it's something like, uh, do, do you remember when you, you used to go and stay at Aunt Louise's and she used to bounce on bounce her, she used to bounce you on her knee. Do you remember all the trees in her backyard? They all got cut down when she died. Mm-hmm. That has me in bits, mm. and I don't know why, because it's meant to be a funny lyric. Mm. It's mm. meant to be, you know, and pe- it just it just rips me apart there's a song in there's a lyric in um 
The Sound of the Life of the Mind, which was actually the lyrics on that one are actually written by Nick Hornby. But this is just like in his delivery. There's, there's, a, I can't remember what it is now. But I was listening to it today, and I'm struggling just to keep myself together while it work. Yeah, and see now, and, I really like that because there's a hook. And yeah. the hook, the hook never changes. It's not, it's not noisy up there. It's noisy up there. And it rocks like a mother and it never changes. It's the same every time. But that is, that is a musical reference to um, what life is like up above the city. The city is all going on down below and there's all this noise, but up, up the top there, it's like up on the roof, up on the roof. Dun, 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 dun. It's the same. Every time he goes up on the roof, he can see all of this, but he's still in his own little world. So it, it's a musical tagline that positions him above the street what's going on down below so i identify with that because it's like he's there in his own little world and at that point he's seen all this stuff going on below and you know what being up here rocks like a mother it's not easy down there but but no see to me it feels it feels to me that it's like like again just from from the song i'm trying to find the lyrics to be honest but to me i get the impression that it's actually about teen suicide (laughs) really okay that's how that's what that's kind of what i get from it i don't know if that is the case it's like it's it's like about this this girl, she's at school. Everyone's fucking about, going to parties and having keggers. And she she's she stays at school so she can hear the sound of the life of the mind. She's reading poetry and stuff. She doesn't want to share the poets with mm. these people she meets because they're all assholes and they don't deserve it. And it's fucking going mental in her head. And she just needs to fucking get the hell out of it. Oh, okay. I didn't. That's what I get. No, no, that's all I get from it. That is. <laughs> I, I um, didn't read into that. I just read into the fact that. Um, might it be was, me reading too much into it. I don't know, but um, but everybody everybody gets out of music what they want to get out of music. So there's lyrics on there. So so it goes on. Um, she's cut them all out of her social circle. Won't introduce them to Lincoln or Frost. Doesn't want to that. Doesn't want to let them get to know Keats or Studs Terkel. They'll never know what they've lost. Right. Sarah mm. can't just bear, just can't bear the stupidity, the boredom, the grind. She stays at school so she can hear the sound of the life of the mind, and it's noisy up there. And then okay. later on, uh, Sarah, the, like in like the middle eight, if you like, Sarah already knows pretty soon she'll be leaving, and she's hoovered up wherever she can find because she doesn't want to hear about pregnancies, phone fights, TVs, takeouts, have sex, weddings. The sound, the sound of the life she'll leave behind. Yeah, you could read it. To yeah, yeah. Sides. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you could also again, read in the fact again, that she that's... just wants to leave her life that she's got at the moment and move on to something more and she's but uh, that's not ben folds eric that's a nick hornby lyric but so he done he did do a um collaboration album with ben folds oh, so right, he, okay. and they worked together to do one and there's been there has been rumors of uh ben folds and neil gaiman collaboration album at some point which would be wicked oh, um, right. but um it's but... for me it's the way that he's this is so this is someone else's lyric and he delivers it and that line the sound of the life you'll leave behind breaks me every time. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know why. To be honest, the thing with Ben Foles for me is if like, I can't explain to you why I love him so much. Yeah. But then if my wife says to me, why do you love me? I can't explain why I do quite so much. Yeah. Do you know? I, and I've, and for me, it is proper grab me in my chest and just tears me apart. I think he's like, yeah. I- it sounds like it's beyond any reason whatsoever, and I've just madly in love with the man. But I'd see. I don't think there is any non-reason. There's obviously there's a reason why you like the guy, and you like the the music he produces. Mm. Um, I I don't dislike it. I've, I've got to say, there's elements in there where I I do listen and think 
you know, the bass is incredible. A lot of the piano playing is is astounding. And and as I say, the, the lyric content, I, I'm concerned on occasions about writing songs about Eddie Walker because you've got but to that's kind... the B, Eddie Walker's a B-side. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you still that, yeah. For, for people who want to really sort of get into music, okay. How many songs do you know from pop culture that actually list a person's name? Maggie May. Yeah. Jude. Hey Jude, Richard the Third. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But who's Maggie May? No idea. Doesn't matter though, does it? Rod Stewart tells you. It's some older birdie shack. Charlotte the Harlot. Charlotte the Harlot, yeah. There's kind of an explanation in there about who this person is in, in all of these songs that have got somebody that's being spoken about, okay? You you identify straight away because Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. Because he's He's in bedroom with her now and he should be back at school. And it's like, oh, so he's underage, shacked up with an older girl, getting drunk, having parties and stuff, when he should really be concentrating on the studies. So he also has to identify with the fact that, yeah, he's up to no good, really. But with Eddie Walker, you've got to sit down, listen to every single lyric and find something within that lyric that you identify with. Yeah, so you're rewarded by putting the time in. Exactly. And most people go, I don't know who Eddie Walker is. But see, I don't think it matters because, like, Eddie Walker is just the name of, is a name of the, of the character in the song that scans. It could be Rob Jones if it scans. Exactly. But, but, you... If you listen, but, you know, again, just to delve into the lyrics, and I know that's the point you're making, is that you need to really dive into the lyrics to get mm. that. He's obviously a guy who's kind of taking himself away out of society or out of the town he's in. The people who he care about have to go and literally find him. There's obviously been some incident in the past that, you know, what is it? Um, here's a picture of you and Mary Jo. Well, she couldn't come, but she says hello. No, she doesn't hate your guts. Um, it's just the whole thing shook her up. Um, how they picked you up when you kept falling dead. Sorry. <laughs> See, oh, no, yeah. it's like how they picked you up when you kept falling down. So, yeah, what's that? Was, was he just pissed up and, and kept falling over and scared her, or it could is be this a guy who's fall. been, yeah. or has he been in and out of rehab? Was she his girlfriend and he's been in and out of rehab and he kept falling off the wagon? And do you mm. see what I mean? It's like, and it's, it's stuff as simple as that that just, yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. All it sends you, it, you like, I think to say, like, I think he he. As flippant as he can be at times, he still treats the listener with a degree of intelligence that listen to what I'm saying and you'll get there. You don't need, I don't need to spoon fed you, spoon feed you. Yeah. And that is where I think that is the reason he's not the biggest music writer on the planet. Okay. That's, that's what he fucking should be. And I I would be the first to stand there and go, yeah, he's an amazing songwriter. There's no doubt about it. His ability to, um, you know, move through um, notation and chord arrangements and his understanding of musical concept is, is far greater than some American, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Yeah, but then there's a place for Katy Perry. 
Do you know what? And, and, you and know. that's exactly my point. But, but Katy Perry ain't going to write an album for William Shatner. Ben Folds has. <laughs> this is the thing. This is what this is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say, though. My point about Ben Folds and the way he writes is that the majority of millions of listeners want to hear a certain type of thing. And as I say, Muse's major hits have been ones that plug in baby straight away. Um, she my plug in baby crucifies my energy. People can sing along with that because it's the same every time they play it. It's repetitive. It's, it's a hook. It's that kind of subconscious needle and worm that gets into your head. Um, another classic Muse classic. Our hopes and expectations. Again, repetitive, same time. Every, it's the same every time it's played. It never changes. And that's why they're such big hits. That's it's why they're fucking of, boring. Yeah. And, and those aren't my favourite songs. By no, no, I know. I know. I'm only playing. But, but I know I know you are. But what I'm saying is, is that they're not my favourite songs because they're not what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, ben Folds are not in my radar as an artist I've listened to, their stuff's great. You can hear it's great. You can hear the musicianship that's in it. Their writing is not what I get in my psyche. Yeah. People like Volby. I think it's well, because, because like, to be fair, it's been like the last probably 10, 15 years, he's been right at the top of my list of mm. like favorite artists, but like he, I've had Ben Folds in my record collection since um, whatever and ever Amen came out twenty five years mm. ago, right? Um, so I have Ben Folds songs for getting married, or I have Ben Folds songs for going off to Australia, and I have Ben Folds mm. songs for meeting my wife in New Zealand. I have Ben Folds songs for when Evan was born, when Lily was born, when my nan died, when Isaac was born. He's yeah. entwined in my life, exactly, and. Yeah. I think that's probably why it strikes such a chord with me because yeah. it is so personal. It is like a family member. There's um, a song. So um, on rock in the suburbs, um, he'd done a song called still fighting it. You might know that one. Everybody knows it sucks to grow up. Have you heard that one? Mm, no. That rings a bell. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Mm. And like Hazel wouldn't let me have it on in the car because it's he's he's written it about his his kid his his kid being born, but he wrote it for his son, and then it turned out his wife was having twins. So oh Christ! It, so then his daughter had to wait until his next album. Oh Christ! Okay. For, for for Gracie, and there's mm. lyrics in Gracie that just wreck me. Like it's like mm. um, you 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 nodded off in my arms watching TV. I won't move you an inch, even though my arms asleep. Mm. And like we can yeah. all just remember sitting there with a baby in our arms, and it, and it's and it's Bob on, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so the first album I sent you to listen to of his was the Sound of Life of the Mind. You enjoyed that. What were the standout tracks on that for you? Do you think? I'll oh, do it anyway. You said um, was that on there? Sound of the Life of the Mind. Yeah. Do it anyway. Uh, yeah. The Sound of the Life of the Mind was standout. Yeah. So um, you got Erase Me. Um, we, we opens up with Erase Me. And then Michael Prater, you said to me, you enjoyed. Yeah. Did I say it sounded like ELO? ELO, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very much ELO reference there. And I said to you also that Elbow needs to literally just 
hold up their entire back catalogue and go, yeah, most of it's Ben Folds followed ripoffs. Because right. I think a lot of it is yeah. from, uh, from um, them, I think. Other standout ones from that, I really like On Being Frank, the one where he's like taking, like lyrically, he's taking the role of Frank Sinatra's assistant. Oh, okay. I didn't and it's that. like um, all all the girls in all those hats, I never knew which ones were mine. No, Frank Sinatra's got them. I still set the thermostat the way Frank Sinatra liked it. Oh, right. No, that was that one. Uh, yeah, the way but... when you were here gets me every time. See, and this is this is where I'm finding it really difficult because yeah. songs I've listened to to Volbeat a ton, and there's songs on there where I can go, yeah, Black Rose, Wait a Minute, My Girl, da, 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 I can really off songs without having to yeah. actually know them because the oh chords... right, so so there's lyrics like on um, Away When You Were Here, there there's a lyric it goes, um, you he's singing it for his dad or the lyrical character's dad, the protagonist's dad. Um, and it's, you'd have lost that weight, you would have gone so straight, you would have made my wedding day, but you were away even when you were here. Yes. And that bit like, yeah. But that makes me think of my uncle, because mm. my uncle passed away about the same time this record came out. Right, yeah. Okay. You know, my yeah. uncle wasn't a crook, didn't need to go straight, but it's just that conjures up images of my uncle, like, you know? Yeah, and so, I, I, that, that's the thing, because... I think he writes in such a way that the every, whenever I listen to it, I've listened to it probably 10, 15 times this week, that little 12 track playlist. The more I listen to it, the more his life journey is a train journey. Oh, I, I, I will just say, I don't believe that we all want to think that the, the, these people who, these artists that write these songs, they've all lived these experiences they're singing about. Mm. I'm well aware that Ben Folds creates a character and inhabits a character, much like Bruce Springsteen does, you know? I'm well mm-hmm. aware of that. I've, I've long past grown out of that. I've long since grown out of that illusion that every song is a first-hand lived experience. Yeah. But he writes them in such a way that you believe that he has lived every word he's singing. Yeah. What I think, when I listened to the um, the, tra- the the two albums you told me to listen to, you said to listen mm-hmm. to, and the 12 tracks you gave me to as, as a playlist, it, it's almost like he's sat on a train and the train is ambling along. It's It runs at a speed. It's like Lems to the Craven Arms. This isn't any way negative or derogatory. It just kind of describes how I feel when I'm listening to it. It's almost like he's driving through. He's making observations as he goes. Oh, there's that bloke over there. He stood by that tree. What's he doing there? Oh, he's dropped a cigarette. And it's almost poetic the way hmm. it is. Oh, the plastic bag just gone up. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's, no, it, it's noticing it every day, though, isn't it? And it's putting it in a way that touches you. Yeah. It's, it's Rather than of, it being boring. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing. Instead of just sitting on a train and just going, I'm sat on a train, I'm in a chair, I'm waiting to get from here to there. Um, he's kind of saying, oh, bit of gum on that chair down there. And he's made a poetic reference out of it. Yeah. And how, train... how did that gum get there? Who who was chewing the gum to put it there? I wonder what they were doing on the train. Where are they going? What adventures are they going to have? And then he'll go off on, um, oh, perhaps this person was called Joan and she was off to see her mum. And yeah. it, it's it's supposition. It's 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 just writing from past, present, future tenses. 
all, all in one song. And as I said, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I, I, as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking he's, he's, he's every album from beginning to end that I've listened to, it's almost like he's on that train journey and it's just, uh, uh, he's got a notepad with him and he's writing down things that he's noticed. Mm-hmm. And some of them rhyme, some of them don't. Some of them are just like, they, they don't even fit into a four bar mm-hmm. music. It, it runs over into something and then he fills it with music so that it makes it work, yep. which is, which is a musical ability. You know, it's something that isn't just kind of, Oh, I need to, I need to fit this little bit of phrase into four bars so that it works out nicely so I can sing the hook. He's not doing that. He's kind of going on the train. I've seen this. There's a bird over there. And what I'm thinking about it, such and such didn't pay me back when they were, you know, when they come over and I walk their dog for him. Yeah. And he's kind of, it's almost like he's thinking on the fly and he's writing as he thinks, but the train's still moving. And then he'll kind of go, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm back in the journey now. The train's settled in. Oh, I'm coming to a station. Oh, look at that bloke. That bloke's got piercings. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, that bloke's just tripped over. He's kind of almost writing every single thing he sees into a a, a journey of, uh, from beginning to end. And some of it is of importance and some of it isn't. But I think that's that's why I think his music... Well, see, I, I, think, I think every single note and every single word is important. I think there's like it's really everything is there's no accidents anywhere on any of his songs even even on some of the the songs that aren't as good like there's a couple <laughs> on um way to normal like free coffee isn't great and um dr yang isn't great and um, which <laughs> I, I appreciate you don't know them but <laughs> he's deliberately like th- th- there's deliberate it's not there's no accidents in his work do you know what yeah, i mean yeah but um if you're on a chain train journey and it feels like you're on National Express. I get the same feeling from listening to these albums as I did when I was sat on the coach going down to Gloucester to do my um, City and Guilds. You sort of sat there and the world's passing you by and you just, every now and again, you look up from your coursework and just go, oh, fucking goose. And as well, back to coursework. So... It's not so much, nothing's a mistake because there's always, you're, it's always that a part of that journey. I'm not saying there's any mistakes or there's any bum notes or any bum writing, but some of it in our daily lives, not everything's important. No, but he, no, but I, I like how, I do like how he makes, he makes the mundane important in his songs. So he makes reference to everything, which is, yeah. which, which. Again, that that's the poetry of it, but I do, I do feel like it's the, it, it it is written as a journey, and I, I also felt like have you ever heard the musical The Rock? No, I've is seen it, the is film it of the... the Rock, and I've seen yeah, not Sean Connery. No, um, and the wrestler <laughs> The Rock. I think it's called The Rock, and it's all about living on Newfoundland. No, not seen that. No. Um, when I was doing a bit of musical theatre, not a lot, because I really lost, I didn't, it wasn't where I was, mm-hmm. where I am, it's not what I want to do, but I thought it might be good for learning, getting better at harmony. Um, so I went along and did this thing and they got us singing this thing. I'm sure it, the song is called The Rock. Uh, I think actually the musical is called The Rock. And it, I, I listened to Ben Folds, I was thinking to myself, this guy, every song he writes could be, music for a tv program could be music for something that you see at Cannes film festival it could be a musical and i, I thought has he ever written a musical that it could be musical theater you know um so i'm not saying that the guy 
can write good music. What I'm saying is he's he's not a pop sing pop not a pop writer. See, I think he's again. I'm not just being a dick. I think like out of all the stuff I listen to, like he is pure pop. Like oh, I disagree. I think there's a lot more. Maybe just got different ideas on what pop is. Like I don't know, but like he's certainly the. Oh, I don't know. Like the again, this could be because like I've said to Sam, like maybe I don't give myself enough credit for. Like I feel my tastes are quite mainstream, and Ben Folds is one of the most mainstream of my men, mainstream stuff I listen to. I would say you're, and again, I mean this with the utmost respect. You're way off mainstream. Um, I would say I don't really know many people who listen to some of the stuff you do. The problem I have, and as we start to wrap up, um, and I think this is probably where I don't do a good enough job of not defending my, the, my bands like Pearl Jam or Ben Folds, but not like almost advocating for them in a setting like this. So Sam basically... I gave him the first album because I thought he'd mm. like it because it's a bit quicker and it's a bit not punkier, but it's a bit quicker. Mm. It's a bit, you know, um, and he hated it and just tore it a new one. Mm. So, but maybe if I gave him a later album, maybe I read Sam wrong. Mm. And then maybe where I've chosen these songs as like what I think a entry level or not entry mm-hmm. level, but, you know, a good entry point, maybe I've been better, and, and I've deliberately avoided some of the bigger hits, maybe mm-hmm. I would have been better off giving you the hits. See, now the hits, the hits were hits for a reason. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. But they're... that's like, but they're also, the like, like Brick is the biggest Ben Fold song in terms of sales, single sales, mm. okay? I never listened to it mm. because I've heard it so much. Exactly, And yeah. it's amazing, but I've heard it so much. Yeah, and and that's understandable because there are there's songs on there that as soon as I heard them on on whatever and ever Amen, I kind of mm-hmm. went, oh yeah, I know this one. Um, and probably knew four, maybe. So would it have been um, Brick, Brick? Definitely. Um, song for the dumped. Song for the dumped. Can we really back with Battle of Who <laughs> Could Care Less? Yeah. Missing the war. I'm I... missing the war. No. Oh, no. Is Uncle um, Walter on there? No, Uncle Walter's on the first album. Oh, because that's familiar somehow. I can't think so, why that's um, familiar. Kate, Kate's on there. Yeah, perhaps that's, why it's, yeah perhaps that's why it's familiar. Um, but yeah, there's definitely three without um, a doubt. And Evaporated at the end, I think, is a, is a truly, truly wonderful song. The last one. See, Whatever and Every Men, I would say, is an easier listen than Sounds of Life in the Mind. Yeah, but there's stuff on, there's stuff on it that... Like oh, there's, yeah. there's a few songs that I don't actually like. I don't like, I don't like Stephen's Last Night in Town, and I'm not overly keen on Fair. But Smoke is wonderful. Kate's wonderful. Um, unplug your headphones, and I'll say that again if you want. <laughs> She's not in the shop. Oh, never mind. I'll play um, that bit on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Selfless, cold, and composed is great. There's a line in that. It says. Um, Come on, baby, now throw me a right to the chin. Just stand there like you never cared. I know you did. And you'll just smile politely like a bank tether, kind mm. of saying, have a nice life. And you yeah. just think, like, in 1997, no one else is writing lyrics like that. No, that's true. That is true. And, and... But I, I've seen him, come on, he said, it's like, um, like, in 1995, there was, like, rules, really, um, 
you know, you played guitar and wore ripped jeans and you didn't, you didn't do love songs. And he comes along with a piano and does love songs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, I, I, I did enjoy, um, whatever and every man, um, enjoyed it more than signs of the life of the mind. Um, but signs of the life of the mind, the song is my favorite on that right album because I think it's just got, it's got, uh, imagery that, I think people can identify with it's that whole um, hot town, summer in a city, back of my head, getting dirty and gritty. He's kind of encapsulated what a city looks and feels like. And that's what I drew from it was, mm-hmm. you know, all the hustle and bustle that's the street below. Um, I, I drew from yeah, that. Thought, like yeah, like I said earlier, I, I take the hustle and bustle is all going on in her head. It's social anxiety. It's all of that, you know. So again, yeah. same song, completely different responses to it. Yeah, two different um, points of view. Um, which again, and who say that's not deliberate? Testament to songwriting again. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, the biggest one is um, he actually does that on capable of anything. Mm. We're told that we're capable of anything, but you don't yeah. seem to think that you are capable of anything. Mm. Yeah. So it's the same phrase, two completely different meanings. We're capable of anything, but you're not capable of anything. Yeah, it's it's. It, there's no doubt in Rob that it, that it is incredible songwriting. I just don't think from listening to it that it's directed at general popular culture and when i say popular culture i mean whatever i said whatever i did i didn't mean it it's not that it's not that and it's as far from that as anything so what you're really saying is that you know i'm far edgier than i ever dreamed i was i think there's (laughs) how many billion people in the world yeah. And out of the half of those that listen to music and put general detritus at number one, they're missing a lot of what music has got to offer. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah. And I think cool. this is this this is a highlight of that, um, is that there's stuff in there to be accessed. I enjoy listening to it because it's creative, there's lots going on. Is it my favourite thing on the planet? No. Will I listen to it again? Probably. I'm going to send you some more stuff to listen to, like some of the catchier stuff if you like, some of the hookier stuff if you like. I, you know, maybe, like I say, maybe it is a me overthinking what I've sent you to listen to. I don't know. The thing is, that what I like um, is upon listening to it, and this brings us round to the final birthday that I want to sort of say, or anniversary rather, mm-hmm. and... You sent me a couple of songs that I would never have thought from listening to the first lot of stuff you sent me, this guy would do. So he covered Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah. And I I could tell with the look in your face, that's like, "Mm, that's not his best stuff. But he does a really fucking good job of it. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's no doubt in the pedigree of, of the band. And then you send me... Get your hands off my woman, which is a cover of yeah. the Darkness track. Which the uh, that is their, actually that's their debut single from Permission to yes. Land. I didn't think it was. I thought it was um, you really growing on me or uh, I believe in Fig or Blood. Um, but they do a really good job of that as well. Yeah, don't he? That's just and, him. That that's his. Um, that's like that. So that was released on one of 
he he made like three EPs in like between 2004 and 2006, and then he packaged them all up and put them all out as one. So um, that other song I sent you off the thing that "Learn to Live with What You Are," right? That's off the that that was on that playlist. Oh, was it? Oh, I must have yeah. It's the last but one. Um, It's never gonna be a moment of truth for you. Oh yeah, while the world is watching. See, straight away, that is a non-conformative lyric. Because mm. most lyricists would do, never going to be a moment of truth. Da, 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 yeah. da, and he doesn't do that. He because carries it you, on. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, so he carries While it on. While the world is... Yeah, I've, yeah. It's not a conformative. It's not what the... Because if he'd have done... Um, if he'd have mirrored it and done a call and response, never going to be a moment of truth for you. Never going to be a time when it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be way more catchy. That would be the catch. But he yeah. doesn't do that because he's got more story to tell Yeah, than just like that little phrase. So, and you just think that's why it's not as successful as it should be because most people can't think beyond, oh, that's not, oh, that's not what, it's not as, you know, it's not as, hasn't got much going for it. When they actually, what they're saying is, my brain can't comprehend where he just went with it. Ben Folds does what he wants because he can and because he's that good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I say, I don't, it's me that says, I don't know why he's not the biggest artist in the world. I'm pretty sure he's quite happy with his level of success. Indeed, yeah. I'm not saying that he comes out and says, I should be bigger or anything like that. I think he should yeah. be bigger. I think he should be living in a McMansion on the hill. Yeah, and as you as you say, you know, he, he probably is perfectly happy with his success. But for every um, Ben Folds, who's who's aware of the fact that they're fantastic songwriters, um, but don't get the recognition they deserve, they deserve. If you want something really interesting to listen to, this is University. Ac- oh, Ben Folds presents University Acapella. Okay. Right. And basically, Ben Folds has gone round those universities and worked with their a cappella glee clubs, clubs, if you like, and Howdy. recorded his songs with different a cappella groups from different universities and made an album of it. And it's really good. He sings on a couple, oh. but most of them are just of the, the groups. And it's really, really interesting. It's really good. Ed Sheeran ain't going to spend the time to help develop young singers in university groups around the country is he sorry just chuck ed sheeran under the bus there but i uh, let, let me uh, it's going to sound contradictory and backtracky here but i think ed sheeran's not a bad writer he can write music but he can write a hook he can write a catch right he, he can tap into a 15 year old girl's feelings about a spotty ass boyfriend that she's just met right he can tap into that Ben Folds can tap into a 40-year-old bloke's feelings about his 12-year-old daughter. Yeah, or losing his granddad or, or whatever. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going around his uncle Walt was ace who talks shit yeah. about and they're both the, of, and, and I will say they're both of equal value. Indeed, and somebody gets something out of it, and that's what music's all about. It's, it's people getting out of it what they want to get out, with it, out of it. But um, I think when you hear what Ed Sheeran writes... It's aimed directly at people. There's no doubt about it. I said to Sam the other week, we were doing talking about that Frank Turner album. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you heard the new Frank Turner album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, I think it's really, really good. But like, like Sam said, he's like Sam said, he's heard 
or it was either him or Jason was saying that he's heard it all done better by other bands. And I said, I think I said something like, does he go to bed with the best of the wild hearts under his pillow? It's exactly what I thought. I thought, fuck me, it sounds like the, uh, the world. And I, I, and for the record, as if I haven't said enough, I think the wild hearts are one of the most underrated bands this country's produced. I think they're amazing. It's, um, and I think that's where Ed Sheeran is so popular is because he's taken what people have got in their head as memorable melodies and just tweaked them to be something familiar but different. I would literally, I could wager, I could sit there and listen to everything that Ben Folds has ever made and I couldn't sing one thing that I know over the top of that. No. Absolutely impossible because... It doesn't stick to conformity. It's completely free form of its own. Does what it wants, and a lot of that is because he. I think because he says himself, he's because like his background is. Um, uh, so he went to college on a music scholarship for percussion. Yeah. So he was a drummer oh. originally, and then he played bass and stuff, and then he just sort of like fell into playing the piano. Mm. Like and he he does refer to himself as I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shitty piano player but a pretty good drummer. Right. So I I wonder if by like, I mean I think he's an, obviously he's an excellent piano player. He's him mm. being self deprecating, isn't it? But I yeah. wonder if just where he plays around on a piano, and I think the where the piano can take you places, maybe a guitar doesn't. Mm. So when you're comparing like. Stuff that's composed on a piano, can I, I feel I, I just wonder whether it takes you different places to when you're composing on a guitar. I I I, I tend to agree with that because you've although having said that, you see some guitarists and then using all five oh, fingers, yeah, 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 yeah. all five fingers over the fret doing all sorts of different things. So that, oh, I'm just that. making generalizations. Right? right, shall we wrap up? Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, right. So. Ben Folds was uh, all right on your book then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love him to bits. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to, unless I can get a time machine and convince people to listen to him for 25 years. I don't think I've, I'm going to convince anyone off listening to a, a couple of albums and a play this to love him as quite as much as I do. I think he's definitely one of mine. And I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. I'm quite like for all this for all this talk I I have of oh why isn't he the biggest band why isn't he the biggest artist in the world I'm quite happy that he's just mine yeah I'm quite I'm quite I'm quite happy that not everyone knows him I think it'd be ruined if everyone knew him well thank you very much for coming out to play yes definitely thanks mate. thanks for having me I'm, I'm glad to be sort of a third third wheel I'd chair hey, 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 all right man I love you I'll see you later shut up <laughs>